Welcome to Podcast Homilies for Morning Prayer. I'm Father Ron Shipley, President of the Anglican Internet Church, Inc. This new series is part of the AIC's continuing celebration of its second decade on the web. These Podcast Homilies for Morning Prayer are based on the appointed readings in the list of Psalms and Lessons for the Christian Year, primarily the first pairing, which always includes a gospel reading as the second lesson. These second or third pairings of psalms and lessons are used only where necessary to avoid repeated reading of the same psalm within this series. These homilies include reading and commentary on the appointed psalm and summary commentary on the first and second lessons. For those listeners not familiar with Anglican liturgies, the texts of the Psalter in the 1928 Book of Common Prayer are derived from Miles Coverdale's Great Bible of 1539 and not the King James Version. This is because by the time the King James Version was published in 1611, using a new translation of the Psalter based on the Hebrew Masoretic text, the Coverdale translation was so well accepted among the English people who had heard it read in services for over 70 years, that the prayer book's editors retained the Coverdale text for the Psalter, but substituted the 1611 KJV translation for all other scripture. Podcast listeners are encouraged to visit the Father Ron's blog page on the AIC website, on which I have posted for this episode a 100 DPI version of an illuminated page from Psalm 16 in the Stuttgart Psalter. Please note that there is a difference in numbering between St. Jerome's Vulgate Bible and the version used since the 1549 Book of Common Prayer. In the Vulgate version, based on Jerome's 4th century translation, Psalm 8 and Psalm 9 are a single psalm, which has the effect of making all the psalms from 10 to 150 off by one number. For example, Psalm 16, one of two readings in today's schedule in the Book of Common Prayer, is Psalm 15 in the Vulgate version. Coverdale provided a helpful transition by including each psalm's opening words in Latin, a practice which still appears in the 1928 Book of Common Prayer Psalter. For more on the Trinity season, which is the longest season on the Anglican Church calendar, watch our seasonal video series Trinity Tide, the Teaching Season, which includes its history and its place on the Church calendar, including the possibilities for lengthening and shortening the season based upon the date of Easter and the date of First Sunday in Advent. The series is presented in nine episodes, each of which is linked from the digital library page with the podcast versions linked from the podcast archive page. The psalm readings appointed for Sixth Sunday after Trinity are Psalm 16 paired with Psalm 111. Please listen to the podcast homily for Easter Day for the text and commentary on Psalm 111. Psalm 16 is a 12-verse psalm traditionally attributed to King David, its first words in Vulgate Latin are conserva me domine. Preserve me, O God, for in thee I have put my trust. O my soul, thou hast said unto the Lord, thou art my God, I have no good like unto thee. 
All my delight is upon the saints that are in the earth, and upon such as excel in virtue. But they that run after another god shall have great trouble. Their drink offering of blood will I not offer, neither make mention of their names with my lips. The Lord himself is the portion of mine inheritance and of my cup. Thou shalt maintain my lot. The lot has fallen unto me in a fair ground. Yea, I have a goodly heritage. I will thank the Lord for giving me warning. My reins also chasten me in the night season. I have set the Lord away before me, for he is on my right hand. Therefore, I shall not fall. Wherefore, my heart is glad and my glory rejoiceth. My flesh also shall rest in hope. For why? Thou shalt not leave my soul in hell, neither shalt thou suffer thy Holy One to see corruption. Thou shalt show me the path of life, in thy presence is the fullness of joy, and at my right hand there is pleasure forevermore. While scholars may disagree on whether Psalm 16 is correctly labeled as a messianic psalm, St. Peter and St. Paul were both convinced that Christ and not David is its author and also the subject of Psalm 16. David is traditionally credited as the author of Psalm 16. Acts 2 verses 25 to 31, after quoting Psalm 16, verses 8 to 12, St. Peter wrote, Men and brethren, let me speak freely to you of the patriarch David, that he is both dead and buried, and his tomb is with us to this day. Therefore, being a prophet, and knowing that God had sworn an oath to him that the fruit of his body, according to the flesh, he would raise up the Christ to sit on his throne, he, foreseeing this, spoke concerning the resurrection of the Christ, that his soul was left, not left behind in Hades, and his flesh did not see corruption. In Acts 13, verses 35 to 37, St. Paul, having already quoted Psalm 2, verse 7, said, And he that raised him from the dead no more to return to corruption, Therefore, he says in another psalm, you will not allow your Holy One to see corruption. Psalm 16, verse 3 is the first place in the Psalter where the word saint is used. The Old Testament usage comes from two different Hebrew words, and you can look these up in Strong's Exhaustive Concordance for the Hebrew entry number 2623 and 6918. They both mean holy one or holy person. Other references to saints are found in Psalm 16, 3, 34, 31, 26, 34, 9, 55, 55, 10, 79, 2, 85, 8, 89, 5, and 8, and 89, 20, in which the King James Version says, Holy Ones. Psalm 97, verse 10, 106, verse 16, 116, verse 13, 132, 9, verse 17. 
excuse me, 132 verses 9 and 17, 145.10, 148.13, and 149 verses 1, 5, and 9. The Psalter translates Psalm 37 verse 28 as godly, where the King James Version uses the word saints. The word in its singular and plural form is used in Daniel, in 1 Samuels, in 2 Chronicles, in Deuteronomy, Job, Hosea, and Zechariah. Most scholars believe it refers to one who believes in God. The Septuagint text for Psalm 16, verse 3, the phrase, the saints that are in the, in the earth, is translated as excellent ones. In the New Testament, the Greek-speaking authors use the Greek words hagios, which has the same meaning, and you can see Strong's Concordance Greek Dictionary, entry number 40. In the New Testament, the faithful of the new church are consistently referred to as saints, an interpretation first used by St. Luke in Acts by St. Paul in his Epistle to the Romans, Epistle to the Corinthians and to the Ephesians and Thessalonians, Colossians, and into Hebrews, and also in his letters to Timothy and Philemon. It is used by St. John in Revelation and also by St. Jude. The meaning is that the saints delight in the Lord, and the Lord delights in the saints. Early Christians prayed to the dead saints for intercession with the Father and the Son. The more specific meaning of saint refers to one recognized by a church as especially worthy. The practice rose out of early Christian practice. Probably as early as 100 AD, the new church between, began naming individuals of special merit as blessed which has the same meaning. In the Western tradition, there arose a formal process which begins with beatification and for some ends in canonization, which makes a person eligible to be referred to as a saint with a capital S. In the Eastern tradition, there is no such distinction. A saint is one whose beatification is widely accepted by custom, these are called saint instead of blessed. They are among those considered part of the, quote, communion of saints, unquote. In the West, especially among the churches of Rome, the saints are represented in church buildings by statues. In the East, where statuary is prohibited, the saints are represented in icons, from the Greek word which means images, and in frescoes and mosaics. Among Protestants, generally the word saints is used to refer to all Christians. For more on the early church understanding of several important doctrines, words, and phrases, which I used in this podcast, see the entries in the bookstore publication Layman's Lexicon for Blessed, Church, Communion of Saints, Godly, Lamb of God, Lord, in upper and lowercase letters, Saint, Septuagint, and Vulgate. 
For a listing of every use of Psalm 16 and Psalm 111, see the respective entries in our publication, The Prayer Book Psalter History Text and Commentary, which also includes in the introduction an explanation of the different classes of psalms, including the Messianic mentioned earlier, and at the back of the book, a glossary listing every person place or event mentioned in the Psalter with appropriate cross-references to page numbers and psalm numbers. The first lesson for Sixth Sunday after Trinity is Isaiah 57, verses 13b to 19, Isaiah's prophecy concerning the assurance to those who put their trust in God and have, quote, a contrite and humble spirit. The second lesson is 2 Timothy 2, verses 7 to 13, which is St. Paul's assurance to his disciple of the reward for for those who preach the gospel of Christ. Isaiah is the subject of Part 2, Chapter 1 in our bookstore publication, The Writing Prophets of the Old Testament. Timothy's involvement with Saul in evangelism among the Gentiles is discussed in another AIC bookstore publication. The Acts of the Apostles in Scripture, Art, and Christian Tradition. Paul is the subject of Episode 5 in the AIC Christian Education video series, The Lives of the Saints. First series, linked from the digital library page, with a podcast available on the podcast archive page. The closing prayer is the Collect for Sixth Sunday After Trinity, which was adapted by Archbishop Cranmer for the 1549 Book of Common Prayer from the Gregorian Sacramentary and a Collect, which he took from the Gelasian Sacramentary. O God, who has prepared for those who love thee such good things as past man's understanding, Pour into our hearts such love toward thee, that we, loving thee above all things, may obtain thy promise, promises which exceed all that we can desire through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Until next time, may the Lord bless and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be merciful to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Glory be to God for all things. Amen. This program has been a presentation of the Anglican Internet Church. We invite you to visit our website and make use of its resources at www.anglicaninternetchurch.net.